Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of War Horse. It's a horse they find wandering about in no man's land. What kind of an horse? A miraculous kind of an horse, be my guess. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for War Horse, and the story is as follows. Albert and his beloved horse, Joey, live on a farm in the British countryside. At the outbreak of World War I, Albert and Joey are forcibly parted when Albert's father sells the horse to the British cavalry. Against the backdrop of the Great War, Joey begins an odyssey full of danger, joy, and sorrow as he transforms everyone he meets along the way. Meanwhile, Albert, unable to forget his unique friend, searches the battlefields of France to find Joey and bring him home. The film is starring Emily Watson, David Fulis, Peter Mullen, Niels Arstrup, and Jeremy Irvine. It is directed by Steven Spielberg, and it is written by Lee Hall and Richard Curtis. Here to join me today for this throwback podcast review, I have Sarah Clements. Hello, hello. Brendan Hodges. Hey there. And Isaiah Washington. Hey, what's happening? Joining us as a guest here on the podcast, one of our Patreon listeners, we have Daniel Lima. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this evening. So we are talking about War Horse today. This is the 2011 Best Picture nominated film from Steven Spielberg. The guy always seems to have a film within the Oscar conversation. We just came hot off the heels of The Fablemans being an Oscar-nominated film for Best Picture this year. Sadly, that film did not go home with a single Academy Award win. Neither did War Horse, something that we will talk about later on in this review here. Uh, But this movie, in a lot of ways, is right up Steven Spielberg's alley in terms of the types of stories that he typically tends to tell. Um, It also allows for him to tell a story from another time period, uh, something that he's definitely very accustomed to, and also get to dabble a bit in World War One. You know, famously, Steven Spielberg's uh, films have most of the time portrayed World War Two with movies like Empire of the Sun and Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List. Here, we're getting World War I here as told through Steven Spielberg's eyes. Now, even though he doesn't have screenwriting credit on this film, this movie does contain a lot of the typical Steven Spielberg hallmarks, some of which we're going to get into here. Uh, But this was a very, very popular uh, play that also uh, was from a 1982 novel of the same name. The stage adaptation, though, back in 2007, I believe, uh, went on to win couple of different you know tony awards and it did really really well over in london as well on the west end so 
This was a very, very popular uh, piece of material for him to tackle uh, as his next film here. This is the first film as a part of our 2011 retrospective, and I'm very, very excited to dive into it with all of you here today. So why don't we start off first with Sarah Clement. Sarah, uh, what did you think of War Horse? Was this your first time watching it, or did you happen to catch it back when it came out in 2011? This was my first time watching it, actually. Wow. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's probably my least favorite of Spielberg, but it's still good, which, you know, is just a testament to how great Spielberg is as a filmmaker. But I'm I'm a sucker for war movies. I love movies about, you know, animals and they're human with a very emotional reunion. And I feel like, it you know, this focuses on a different kind of soldier, which... um, is a very unique kind of angle. Um, can't go wrong with that John Williams score. And I the, the stunning, I love the cinematography, and I knew I was going to like this film because it started with like a great shot of the landscape, just like A Quiet on the Western Front did this year. And I was like, yes, I'm ready. Um, sound work, excellent. There's a lot of, you know, exhilarating scenes. And what really stood out to me after reading an article about the special effects was that even they made the horse in the digital horse look so much like the real horse that it was hard to tell the difference. So I really love that. And um, But I just felt that when we were away from um, Albert, the main character for so long, it kind of got a little boring. I think some scenes could have been cut out, which sort of made me not love it as much as Spielberg's other films. But overall... You know, it's stunning and a great film. Okay. All right. Getting to start it off here with uh, some interesting remarks, to say the least. I'm very excited to dive into some of that there, Sarah, especially because this was your first time viewing it. Isaiah, what about you, though? What did you think of War Horse? It's funny because with me uh, at War Horse, I actually saw this film 10 years ago. And even though I was, on, of course, on the younger side, I was just a middle school kid, I was always fascinated with Steven Spielberg films and how there was so much historical context that was always a big focal point within the narratives that he chose to produce, of course, with films like Saving Private Ryan or Lincoln or even something like this. I even remember when I rented uh, Lincoln from the library, I saw the trailer for this film and it always just struck me as something that is just right up my alley. And when I was younger, I enjoyed it, but it was definitely on the lower tier for Spielberg as like throughout the 2010s went on. And I noticed, oh my God, why am I not rewatching this film anytime sooner? And does that say or speak a lot about how I feel about the movie itself? So I rewatched this movie and it was a lot better than what I remembered it to be. Of course, with me, I'm older now and there's more of an understanding of not only this director, but of this time period and the way how movies work. I really love the friendship connection between both Albert and Joey, the horse, in this movie and how there's a level of care and uh, beauty that is portrayed not only by Steven's direction and blocking, but also by the, the cinematography 
uh, here. And I think that John Williams' score really elevates a lot of the emotions and the impact that is very much asked upon his audiences in how you go on this journey with these two. I do agree with Sarah to a certain extent in terms of some of the subplots that just did not feel as impactful or necessary to this movie. Uh, a huge chunk of this movie does not even involve the Albert character after the first act, which kind of rubbed me a wrong way because out of all of the people that Joey has impacted, it was that storyline that I clinged on to the most. And even with some people talking about how critically they did not love the first act, they thought the first act was boring. The first act was actually my favorite part of the entire movie and seeing why should I even care about this horse, this person who, this being that can't speak, that cannot communicate with others, but becomes a very like vast beacon of light to this war. And I can't wait to talk about it more as we get into it. Okay. All right. So Isaiah was a baby when he saw War Horse 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right, let's hear next from Brendan Hodges. Brendan, Mr. Steven Spielberg himself over here. <laughs> um, I guess unsurprisingly, after that intro, I think I like War Horse more than Sarah and Isaiah. I think it's actually one of Spielberg's most underrated movies. I wouldn't say it's one of his best films, but it's probably one of his most interesting and most often misunderstood Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. I think that as much as it's been accused of being very melodramatic and sentimental, and at times it leans very hard on those two muscles we associate with Spielberg, it's also, I think, one of his saddest movies and his darkest movies and his most challenging movies. It, for me, represents a collide between what we think of as classic Spielberg from the late 70s through the late 90s and the newer Spielberg that we think of as post-AI or post-9-11, where his work became darker and more probing and kind of not nihilistic necessarily, but deeply sad and skeptical, I would say, about the state of the world. Warhorse, you kind of see those two sides of him waging war in a way. On one hand, you have this beautiful horse, this beautiful animal, this beautiful sentimental relationship between the horse and Albert, the main sort of the main character. Um, but on the other hand, you have these vignettes with a structure that is kind of like Bresson's Ahazar Balthazar, right? Where you see the horse arise into these people's lives very passively, 
and we see what they project of themselves onto the animal. And in almost all situations, their lives end in ruin, in sadness, and in some cases, even in despair and death. And I think that by combining those different sides of Spielberg, we have really a film that unlocks, I think, a lot of his filmography overall. I agree with what a lot of what Sarah said about the technical work here. You have so many beautiful images in the whole film. I think it's kind of a stunning achievement cinematically. Um, it's a film of faces, of landscapes, of actions. And I think because of that, it really has that big widescreen epic picture quality that you want a Spielberg film to have, especially with that John Williams score. You've got a lot of beautiful John Ford skies right throughout the film. Um, I think that in general, it's one of his most interesting movies, and I'm really excited to kind of dive into it. And I do think over time, when people start digging through Spielberg's filmography, it, War Horse is somewhat due to be rediscovered and talked about as one of the serious works of his career. Okay. Interesting opening thoughts here. Let's uh, head on over next to our Patreon guest, Daniel Lima. Daniel, what do you think of War Horse? What do I think of War Horse? Truthfully, I think that it is the highest achievement of Steven Spielberg. I think that it's Oh the... my god, you and Brendan are going to get along handsomely this evening. Oh my god, I'm so happy to hear that because <laughs> I am I've been ridiculed, I have been mocked, but I've I've held strong. War Horse is the greatest thing that Spielberg has done. It is the kind of uh, what's the word? Apothesis of like everything that he's done. It's him operating at the height of his powers embracing his you know Fordian influences his classical approach to filmmaking uh to tell this story about human connectivity and perseverance and the dominance of the human spirit in the face of adversity and horror and war uh it's his most human one of his most humanistic works it's certainly one of his most gorgeous works uh visually and uh, I think that it's just an incredible achievement. Uh, I've returned to it once a year, every year, on December 13th, the National Day of the Horse. And uh, yeah, I just it is my probably second favorite movie, like total. Um, also, I, I really like the horse. Love horses. So I was going to say, do you own a horse? This sounds like this is coming from someone that owns a horse or two. Unfortunately, I do not own a horse i've only ever ridden once but um me and spielberg we have a we have a shared respect i think his daughter actually is an equestrian so oh well there you go uh so for myself i am so so sorry to follow that up by saying that i have zero attachment to animals in movies sorry people think of that what you will Read into it however you want to read into it. Whenever people are saying, oh, no, not the dog or, oh, no, the horse or whatever. I'm usually sitting there like it's a movie. Everybody calm down. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> so I'm really sorry. Now, in real life. Yeah, of course. The thought of animals being mistreated, uh, thought of animals being murdered or anyone being cruel towards them in any way, shape or form. Absolutely, up in arms, ready to fight. I will not stand for that shit. But in a movie, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same impact on me that it seems to do with so many other people. So the hook of War Horse, of this story being told from the 
point of view of this creature. And like Brendan said earlier, kind of following it through uh, almost a Brisson sort of uh, vignette style of storytelling, it does make the movie hard for me to commit to emotionally because I do have a very tough time latching on to Joey's perspective and point of view. And I think the human characters around Joey are not that interesting, mostly because Steven Spielberg is playing with archetypes that I am very broadly familiar with from all types of works, including his own. Where Warhorse does stun me is in something that Daniel alluded to, which is the classical throwback storytelling that Spielberg is allowed to explore here in ways that you know we've seen him do in maybe certain sections of films and maybe overtly uh, in some others to a certain degree. But here, I really feel like he is just going all the way back to the 50s, 40s, and 30s of classic Hollywood storytelling, really leaning on his influences. And when I say leaning, I mean David leaning. He is leaning hard (laughs) on his influences in this movie in a way that I just take so much pleasure in. Uh, Cinematography, production design, all of the crafts, like Sarah was saying before, it's kind of like that meme, you know, that meme of that uh, woman going beautifully shot. It's beautifully shot. That That's me the entire movie. I'm just looking at this going, oh, my God, it's just one great shot after another. But I got to admit, even back when I saw it in 2011, I feel the same way today. On a technical level, it astounds me. On a storytelling level, I think it's a tad bit over sentimental and I just don't have the same connection with it as some others do. Sarah, what about you? Did you did you feel a connection to Joey as a character or did you feel similar to me? No, I did feel a connection to his character. Absolutely. Um, like I said before, I think like movies with animals always get me. And honestly, Joey, like I don't know how many horses played him. It was just one, but he was he was a good actor. He was truly giving it his all. <laughs> I was convinced. I mean, there were some reaction shots. Like I, I even remember when I watched the trailer. Uh, I don't know if it's like the side eye of the horse yes. or what it is. Mm-hmm. But there are certain points where they just captured the horse at the right angle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, am I watching a horse act right now? What the hell is happening? Well, he was <laughs> acting for sure. There was 14 horses, actually, that played Joey. Ooh. One main one, which I believe is the one that played Seabiscuit in 2000. Oh, wow. Well, getting work. I like it. That horse getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our preview of our review for War Horse here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full over hour and a half long review you will have to head on over to Next Best Pictures Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time.
History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.